dog. Cool. Um, well, how, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? I can't complain. It's been a while since we've spoken. Yeah, it's been two weeks. Uh, two weeks, it did... It does seem like longer, for sure. Yeah. Well, do you have like stuff you want to talk about, or? Yeah, I'm, I got lots to talk about. Hey, everybody! Welcome back to the podcast. Yay! Jesse, your mother ate my dog. Your um, brother ate my dog. Well, yeah, I said your mother, but oh. your brother ate my dog. Is our could be our spinoff? We review. Uh, what would we? What, what would we review? Reality TV. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, did you like? Did you like the new music that you just heard? The new theme song? I loved it. That's good. It works out wonderful. well, yes. Yeah, very wonderful. So yeah, it's been two weeks um, since we've recorded. Do you remember the last movie that we recorded and watched? Talked about? Of course I do. I actually don't. How's Moving Castle? That's oh yeah. How long ago it was? Two weeks. I apologize. My fault. Entirely your fault. We don't play the blame game um, for that. But two weeks, so many things have happened. So many um, things. In the two weeks, uh, including that new uh, theme song thing that um, you didn't just hear, but but everybody else heard. Yeah. Which is a good segue for um, a new segment. Oh, another new segment? A new segment. um, I love it. We're starting. Uh, Because of our two-week layoff, um, uh, the new segment is called What the Heck Happened? So, Jesse, uh, last two weeks, what the heck happened uh, in your life? Have you heard of a show called Game of Thrones? On HBO, yes. Well, I started watching it for the first time just within these last two weeks. And and what, do you, what are your thoughts? Well, it's quite good so far. It's quite violent, you could say. Are you, are you out of season one? Yeah, I'm at, uh, I'm at season four now. Well, I've only watched season one, so that's oh. I can't can't help you there. Okay, I managed to stay away from most spoilers up until this point. I mean, I, there's a couple little things here and there that I knew, but most most of it has been unspoiled. So it's been a nice uh, new experience for me, and it's quite a good show. So there's that, and boy. Feels like about it. I'm pretty exciting. What about you? What do you What do you got going on? Um, I got a haircut. Oh, um, I have less hair on my head than I did previously. Um, I have seen. So last time we talked, uh, we were just talking about the new Stranger Things. Oh yes, I watched that as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, we we sat down and we watched um, the new season. Mm-hmm. Stranger Things, everything except for the last episode, the finale of season four, the two and a half hour yes. situation that I'm going to have to find some time because I, I'm not, this isn't something that I can just like pause and like you right. have to sit down and watch the whole thing right. in one go. So find some time to do that. But uh, so far, so good. That's That's everything that happened to you? Pretty much. In two weeks? Okay. Yeah, the only thing that feels like worth mentioning. Okay. Well, um, what the heck happened leads us into a, a familiar segment with the, the audience will know this one pretty well. It's it's another episode, another episode segment, another segment episode of what's in the news? 
Oh, I actually can't it. remember what I called it. Um, last either. episode, what's in the news sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot, a lot going on in the news. You know, close to home, a lot of sad things happening. Mm-hmm. Ukraine. So I thought I'd find some uh, some good news news for you. Some um, later lighter news. Some lighter news. Um, mostly American as as well still, but you know uh, the, the first first episode first episode the first news segment uh, article I believe they call it headline is this dog broke into a Tennessee couple's house and snuggled her way into their bed. Julie and Jimmy Johnson, classic American names, are no strangers to dogs. They have three of their own that regularly sleep in the bed with them in their home in southeast Tennessee. But recently, the couple woke up to find a large tan dog sandwiched between them that was not one of their own. Can you imagine waking up, seeing a dog that wasn't your own on your bed? Like, how would... how would? I don't know. I think I'd like that. I think I'd like that. As long as it wasn't, well, maybe, but as long as it wasn't ferocious, it's just like a new cuddly friend. I don't see the problem. The last, uh, the last um, paragraph of this article uh, starts. The only mystery that remains is how exactly Nala, which I guess is the dog's name, mm-hmm. got into the house without any of the other dogs barking. The working theory, Julie said, it's that a door was left open. And then Nala, who was terrified of thunder, saw the porch light and found her way inside during the storm. That's a nice story. It's a good news news story. That is second, a good news. Second good news news story. Is Antarctica ever heard of it? Uh, You know, in passing. Turns out they have a penguin post office who's, um, much like the rest of the world, is hiring right now. Not a lot of people... Oh, job job rates are um, pretty low in employment rates and all that. Yeah, a remote post office in Antarctica is hiring, and okay. if you're good at sorting mail, selling postage stamps, and counting penguins, this could be the job for you. Um, so I've I've reached out to them. Oh yeah, um, and uh, they wanted us to uh, to get the word out there. Oh, like that, use us uh, as sort of like a, a classifieds. Yeah, so if, okay. if you're interested in um, in the Antarctic Antarctica Penguin Post Office, just send just send us a, a DM and we'll get you in touch with the Antarctica people. Now, do they have a website, a URL that maybe you can just sort of tell me off the top of your head? I'm sure you have it memorized. Uh, yeah, it's uh, www.antarctica.com. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And it would just be on that website, just on the website, yeah. Okay, interesting. It's like under like the penguins tab or the post office tab. Um, exactly. Okay. Okay. And okay great. The last, the last article, good news news article. Turns out, I'm just looking at this for the first time. Is from April 25th, 2021. So a bit, mm, a, bit a little outdated. News. A little outdated. Uh, title of this article is uh, Just Joshin, Mighty Four-Year-Old Wins Wild Noodle Bashing Battle of Hundreds of Joshes. Can, I don't know if you if you know can, anything about what. Yep. I know something about a Josh, and I know something about this Josh, the one I'm talking to. And I have a feeling you just 
went to the search bar of whatever site you're currently on and, and wrote Josh. Now, can you confirm that? No, no, that's not how that's not that's not how it happened. Well, so there's this this battle of Josh's every year, I guess, uh, somewhere that you're well United acquainted States. with. Well, you know, I share a name mm. certainly, and a four year old won it. A uh, big noodle fight in a in a field or something. A noodle fight in a field, right? Four year old Josh wins. Very adorable. Everything is good. That's been your what's in the news. Great. Uh, good news. Break of the week. News, good news, break of the week. We all need a good news break. Yeah, here and there, especially about Antarctic penguins and rogue dogs. We're all looking for jobs. We are, aren't we? Except those of us employed in jobs that we like. Any of any um, segments you you want to talk about? I think I might have one for the end. Uh, okay, but well, but at the present, no, I do not. Okay, well then I'll get into into the third segment, uh, another uh, fan fan friendly. A lot of people who listen to the podcast know and look forward to this segment. We're talking about the follower of the week. Oh, thank goodness! Follower of the week segment. Um, you may not know this, but July is International Women Month, mm-hmm. and so I wanted to reach out to. Our women followers, and just get, just get them some recognition. Well, yeah, deservedly so. Um, not a whole lot of women follow us, but um, yeah, yeah, there's a couple, but you really gotta, you know, be purposefully looking, I suppose. But they're there. Um, I would like to to name, unless you have, did you have a follower of the week? No, no, no. You you man that ship. Our follower of the week this week is Lisa mm-hmm. underscore the underscore Impala. Lisa okay. the Impala. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is actually by looking at this now, um, it looks like it's a man's car. It's just this is a an Instagram oh. account for a man's 1964 four door Impala. I see that he's uh, named Lisa. Named, named Lisa, yeah, project car that will hopefully be finished one day. <laughs> This will show the progress. Okay. And how is uh, the car progressing? L- Lisa, if you will. Not a lot of car pictures. Okay. Actually. Okay. Um, well, that's a little a misleading. Of, yeah. Just uh, the last picture is two dudes standing in front of a car. Lisa, perhaps? Perhaps Lisa, yeah. And then the, the picture before that is... Oh, uh, as of the, of, looks like it's a North Carolina license plate. And they're oh, married. but they're they're just gassed, paid sixty two dollars and four cents and gassed. Hmm, gassed them up. Um, it looks well, like you liked you liked one of their pictures. They they put a picture of a, a, a machete. They went to like a store to buy some machete, and, and I, asked, "Do I need this in my sixty seven Impala?" And then yeah, you liked. You I liked, liked that, that one. I and well, I mean, who wouldn't? And then they followed us. So Lisa the Impala, our first car follower of the week. <laughs> yes, thank you. And uh, a very successful segment yet again. Um, yeah, that's it's good to get out of the way now. We can focus on what's really important, mm-hmm. which is the fourth segment. 
um, <laughs> of the podcast, and that's the movie of the week. Yes, the the main sort of substance of our podcast, if you will. So this is episode twenty two of the mm-hmm. podcast. Your mother ate my dog. Uh, I'm Josh. He's Jesse. I am the movie of the week this week. A Ryan Gosling project. Um, Lars and the Real Girl, one of his lesser-known movies. This was a Josh pick. How? How? What did you think of Lars and the Real Girl? Well, I got to say, you picked a real good one, and a real um, girl one. A real girl one. Get get it? Yeah, no, I've really liked this one in a lot of ways it was uh top notch did you enjoy it as much as you think i enjoyed it um well yeah i enjoyed the movie for sure what were your like what were your initial thoughts when um you realized what you were going to get yourself into well the first thing i noticed was a few actors in a in a role that maybe you wouldn't expect them to be Obviously, Ryan Gosling playing this character was not something I would really expect. And same with um, the actress who played Margot. She's been in other things. I don't really think this is her sort of uh, normal acting uh, performance. But uh, it, it really worked, I think. They did, they did an excellent job. The acting in this, in this film was like, top-notch i thought wow top-notch acting huh acting was certainly the highest score i gave it to so we're on the same page mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a nice little rare yeah see the so the problem with with this is that i watched this movie a week and a half ago yeah i watched it also a week and a half ago and i saturday night to sit down movie really enjoyed the movie it's gonna get a pretty decent score um, mm-hmm. But I had to kind of go back and do more research and remember exactly why I like the movie. Um, the movie is about Ryan Gosling and um, a a real doll who he buys online and thinks is a real woman named Bianca. And it it's nice to see that um, the town gets behind it, gets behind their relationship, and really embraces it. A good Canadian movie. Yes, very Canadian. Did you ever watch Schitt's Creek? No. Well, um, usually, if a, if if you like thinking of a show, and then you say to me, "Did you ever watch?" and then insert show, there's like a ninety five percent chance I'll say no. Yeah, but that's like an iconic canadian show yeah anyways there was an actress in in there that um who's in that show was was in schitt's creek yeah but doesn't matter because you didn't watch it no no well luckily for me i took a lot of notes while i was watching this film so a lot of it's coming back to me as i reread these notes and um i thought i guess a, a, a main note that I had is like the seriousness of the themes in this film, despite the outward appearance, I guess. Like if you just heard about what this film was about, you would think 
you might think it was a comedy. I don't. I would say this is n- not really a comedy. I don't know if it's touted as one. Is it like if you look it up? Is it say you know comedy slash drama? I assume it what is what um, it says. I found myself laughing at um, things that he was doing. I don't know if they were supposed to come off as funny, or I was just being rude. But it's a comedy drama. Yeah, I mean there are funny moments, but I think it's more drama than comedy. But there are definitely some like cute and funny things that do happen that I also laughed at. But it was more like a smile, like. Oh, that's really nice. And then, you know, like I wasn't really laughing, you know, at anyone or anything like that. No, it was the the humor for me was mostly how uh, Ryan Gosling's character, Lars, a lot of Swedish mm-hmm. names in this, um, how he interacted with other people. So like totally. him, like one of the first scenes, um, he got a flower from from somebody from a churchgoer mm-hmm. and then Margot they're in a parking lot and, and Margot like wants to talk to him and he just he grabs the flower and throws it away. <laughs> just thought it was a funny moment. Just uh, and then like how he react how he interacted with his brother and sister in law as well. In yeah. some scenes was funny and how they uh, interacted with the with Bianca. Totally. Yeah, like the the awkward moments were I think they worked so well because they were acted so well. Like, they, it was all believable. And that's what made it so funny. Yeah. And, sure. like... Uh, I was just going to say kind of what you said. Like, it could have easily been a totally different film with this subject mm-hmm. matter. That they could have gone in a different direction. But they somehow made it very sincere. Yeah, like, incredibly sincere. And that's what uh, makes this movie so, like... There's something about it. It's a lot of sincerity. And, um, yeah, like I even put in some of my notes, like I'm glad there wasn't a scene where he gets bullied for what he, for what he's doing. Like there, I mean, sure. There is some moments with his brother where his brother's like really apprehensive to, I guess, go along with it, you know, but there isn't like a scene where say he's out with Bianca at the mall and some kids come up to him and start bullying him. You know, like you can, you can picture that scene being in this film, but it just, it wasn't. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad it wasn't. Yeah. Like the closest they got to was probably when they were all sitting around uh, in a circle and just kind of wondering how they were going to, how they were going to, uh, to handle it. Like how they're <laughs> going to react to, to having this new um, person in their lives. Yeah. And and like you were saying, there was, um, the town was so like willing to accept um, Lars and, and what he was going through. Because like while people, um, you know, people were obviously apprehensive, but there was so much heart. Everyone had so much heart, like even the tiny, the small characters I don't know. They were just so heartfelt and, and, and it gave the film as a whole so much heart and it was heartwarming to see everyone really support Lars, someone that they really loved, you know, I do know um, for sure. And on that note, um, Emily Mortimer, the actress who played the sister-in-law, the pregnant sister-in-law, Karen. Yeah. She was actually in Howl's Moving Castle. The last episode of the podcast she 
was the voice of young Sophie. Huh. But you would have no idea because I wouldn't have known that. Yeah, because you're old school. And this is a movie that you've you had never heard of uh, no. before. Never heard of. It, well, well, there's um okay. a, one aspect of this film that I really loved, and I mean, there's very little that I didn't like about this movie. But something that I especially loved was the relationship between Lars and Margot. You know, the one that was sort of happening a little uh, when Lars was, you know, with Bianca. But you could really see start to blossom and you could see Lars going through a change. Mm-hmm. And especially, I think it sort of culminated mostly at that, in that scene at the bowling alley. And it was just like such a believable scene and such amazing acting between um, Ryan Gosling and the actress who plays Margot. I think her name is Kelly... Yeah, Kelly Gardner. And it, it made me think of a, another film, Bottle Rocket. Have you seen that film? No, but that's probably a movie that I would like to see at some point. It is a fantastic film. Well, there is a, a relationship in that movie between Luke Wilson and a woman he meets at a at a motel. She's like the uh, the maid at the motel. And it blossoms into this like super believable relationship that you just really want to see work out like and it's just you can tell that they're perfect for each other even though it's just a film like you just forget all about that it's like that's a that could be a real relationship it and up until this point watching this film i was like that's my favorite i think my favorite relationship i've seen on film was that one in bottle rocket and they had such a good chemistry and it was filled with very similar things that were in this film, which was like the real life awkwardness that you might get on um, when maybe you're first falling in love, uh, starting to date somebody. And yeah, it was just so, so believable. And when we, and I came to this film, it, it, it did, it just nailed it the exact same way. I don't know what it was like exactly, but just that, I, I, it was just perfectly acted, I thought. So it's safe to see that this movie exceeded your expectations. Yes, we can definitely we can definitely say that. And um, yeah, if I were to sort of dissect uh, somebody's performance in particular, if I was just to look at Ryan Gosling, he was like somehow made for a role like this. Like he plays that awkward antisocial person just so well like one of the one of the best performances i've seen maybe period like through any film like there was nothing i didn't like about his performance and even like even those little he would respond to a lot of people with just by just by saying okay but the way that he delivered that line okay it was just amazingly done i don't i don't know like there was it was it was funny and and just real i don't know i wonder if he's done more like a similar uh, thing character in the mm-hmm. in any other movie i don't know um, i'd be interested to i'd be interested to find out 
Because, yeah, he was he's only a few years removed from doing The Notebook at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So relatively new um, in the acting game. And, yeah, he, he does a good job. Yeah, and it's... It was like... And there's a diversity in his performance as well. Like, being that super introverted, awkward person who is very relatable like there was a lot of moments where he was being accosted by his um his brother and his wife like to come and spend time with them and all that and it was just so relatable like how sometimes you just you want to be antisocial and not spend time with people and i was just like yeah i can totally see where he's coming from but then it and then it which was was funny in its own way but yeah, super believable, but also when it got to like serious moments when he's sort of dissecting uh, the the troubles he's been having, you know, with the death of his father and his mother and talking to his, uh, his family doctor about it and um, speaking about, about death and how it affects you and stuff. Like the, that was a, a big theme in this film was, was death and that too was done quite well, I thought. How does the family doctor have that much time um, to spend on just hanging out with him and trying to to dissect him? That is a good point. It is. It does seem like a relatively small town. I mean, maybe it's a bit of a, a plot hole, but I never do, thought of that really. Do you think it was a little out of character um, for... Ryan Gosling to buy a sex doll online. Was it out of character? Well, from what we saw at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. To all of a sudden he, because when the coworker brought it up, he didn't seem interested in it. And then like six weeks later, we flash forward and he has a box in his, in his house. Right. Well, I thought it was uh, believable. Like I could see that him going that direction. I'm like, he's so antisocial; he doesn't want human interaction. But he sees human interaction, like the relationship with his his brother and his brother's wife have together. And you can tell, like, he wants that, but without the possibility of of hurt, I suppose. Like he's lost so much and you know it just so happened his co-worker brings up these sex dolls and i think he just latches on like maybe it could have been he was walking past a storefront and saw a mannequin and this film is about him falling in love with a mannequin and not a sex doll but i think that's just kind of the way the writers chose to do it maybe for the uh, little added comedic effect. But uh, there was a, there's a sadness in that too. Like when you think of sex dolls and I mean, when I think of that and people who use them, I don't know. It, there, it, there is an essence of sadness in that. And so maybe that's something that we're trying to add, add to it. I don't know. This film was nominated for one Oscar. Mm-hmm. Best original screenplay. Yeah, it lost to Juno. 
Oh, yeah, that's fair. You know, in a way, this film, well, maybe it's not similar. It's not really that similar, but I guess they have sort of a similar vibe. Uh, both Canadian? Both Canadian, like in a sort of awkward love. You know, there's some similarities. Ryan Gosling was nominated for a Golden Globe Award for Best Actor. Mm-hmm. Um, nominated for a few different Best Actors uh, at certain award ceremonies, like the Critics' Choice Awards and the Writers, yeah, you know, the Screen Actors Guild Awards. Yeah, um, he never won. Um, he, well, he won a Best Actor Satellite Award. That seems okay. Canadian, right? Um, but so he was. Um, people saw that how good of a performance he was. He had, yeah. Um, Budget for this movie twelve point five million. Hmm. Box office eleven point three million. Uh, this movie did not do well, but it still had eighty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's one of those movies where it didn't do well at the beginning, um, yeah. but obviously there's there's some love for it, and it was mm-hmm. a good movie. Yeah, it's not really a film you'd hear about and go, okay, I need to go to the theaters and watch this. Like, you can see how it would f- sort of fly under the radar a little. Most definitely. It also exceeded my expectations, uh, even though I kind of knew going in, it was a movie about Ryan Gosling mm-hmm. and a woman named Bianca. And yeah, it was definitely different than what I, th- what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought I, Ryan Gosling did a wonderful job. Mm-hmm. I thought every single person in this film did a good job, except for maybe one performance that I, I'll mention in the when we get to scores. But uh, the acting just likes very, very good. I'm going to ask you one thing before we get to that. Okay, question. If you here you're, comes the uh, segment, maybe, the question. Okay. Yep, segment five. Okay, so if say your loved one a friend whether that be a friend or a brother or, or what have you had the same um same thing happened to them that happened to Lars would you would you be supportive of them like in the oh. way that you saw everyone in the in the in the town being supportive of of Lars would you do you feel as though you would do the the same thing i mean this is a podcast a public podcast where people would could listen to it and so if i said no if I was like, no, I'd be very unsupportive. Um, that's not a good look. So even if I, even if the answer is yes, right, it's a it's a hard question. Um, but I would say no. You would say no. Well, no, obviously, you know, you you love the person and you want yeah. what's best for them and mm-hmm. for them to be okay. So I think I would handle it similarly. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's a quality of a, of a good film to sort of put yourself in. You can see yourself putting yourself into that same scenario and how, and how it would work for you as well. Like, I don't know. It made me think as good films make you do, I think. Well, you're welcome. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. We can get into scores. I don't think there's too much more on my notes that I would want to talk about. Okay. Well, we've already done expectation. Um, acting, I know acting's a big thing for you, so I'll just quickly mm-hmm. get mine out of the way, so you can talk about how much you love this film and the actors in it. Mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling as Lars Lindstrom, thought he did a wonderful job. 
at playing this awkward adult. I mean, they don't really go into it. Like, you kind of think that maybe he has some sort of, like, uh, like almost on the spectrum or something, but right. they, they just describe him as an awkward adult. Mm-hmm. So I think he, he displayed great range because, like I said, we're only a few years removed from that love movie, The Notebook. Yeah. Um, Emily Mortimer as Karen Lindstrom. I thought this performance was pretty good, much better than her voice performance as Soph- as young Sophie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Schneider as Gus Lindstrom. I thought he did well at playing like, like almost the villain brother. Right. But he had a, a nice a nice turn, a nice character development. Mm-hmm. Kelly Garner as Margot. I really liked Margot and what she brought to the film, and I think it would have been a worse film if she wasn't in it. Totally. Um, Patricia Clarkson as the doctor. Mm-hmm. She was she was fine. Yeah. I thought I really did a great job. Um, I gave it an eight. Yeah, that's ten. Okay. Yeah. So for me, um, if I were to pick two two standout performances, it would be Kelly Gardner and Ryan Gosling. But also excellent performances were, as you said, Emily Mortimer playing Karen. She was very good, and I liked Patricia Clarkson's performance as well, and all the the smaller characters as well. They were um, they were excellent. The only performance, if I was really going to be nitpicky, would be Paul Schneider's performance as Gus. And I think it might be mostly a writing thing. That he was just like a little too confrontational, I guess. And um, like it, 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 his character sort of... Um, leaned itself a little too hard into being like app- the apprehension about uh, Lars's situation, I guess. And, and, and the way that he, he acted those scenes where he's being confrontational and really res- resistive, resistant was um, hammed up a little. And, at times it brought me out of the film a little. I'm like, okay, well he's really laying on thick here and, and I'm, I don't know if I'm really believing it, but uh, I mean, as a whole, it was a good performance. That was the only part I I didn't really like. And, and I guess maybe I I was enjoying Ryan Gosling's performance so much. And I just thought it was pretty much perfect. And so if, when I'm looking at other performances, it's easy to, to see some faults, I guess. But um, it's, it, it wasn't like that detrimental to the my experience of the film. For acting, I gave it a nine. Well, that's as high of a score as you can get. Just about, yep. Because like, what would make it a ten? If we're doing Lord of the Rings, am I right? Well, if you're doing like Silence of the Lambs. Okay. Well, how did you feel about the ending? Well, yeah, it was a. It was a good ending. I don't know. I didn't really. I did, it, it was hard for me to like sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, oh boy. Like sec, I section off the ending, like just 
put it by itself. It was just like, I, I sort of just saw this film as a whole and I wasn't really thinking of any one part as being the ending, but yeah, I mean, the ending was at the cemetery, I, I suppose. Right. Yeah. I had, I started at, at the funeral. The funeral. Yeah. No, it was nice. It was like, I mean, I expected that's kind of how it would go, but that's exactly like, this is a film like I wanted it to end the way I was thinking that I wanted it to. I didn't really want to be hit with some sort of something out of left field or anything. It wasn't like um, a strange film where anything can happen. It was just one that it was a feel good movie and it ended in a very feel good way. It, it really delivered in that, in that sense. So yeah, no ending like a nine or a 10. I don't know. Nothing wrong with the ending. I liked it. Well, 10 out of 10 ending. That was a perfect ending for you. I think so. I know. I think it ended. And I, I may have audibly said like, wow, or whoa, or something like that. I don't know. I can't remember. Wacky. Um, okay. That's yeah, interesting. I said wacky. That's what this I said. This is going to be, sounds like this is going to be a, uh, a Jesse rates the movie higher than Josh again, two in a row. Oh, yeah, it will be. Um, the fact that they had a whole, the town had a whole funeral for Bianca, uh, this not real doll, mm-hmm. kind of summed up the whole movie, um, kind of where they wanted to go with it and just how supportive this this whole thing is just a feel-good movie, feel-good ending. I give it a 7.5. I, I don't know why. I just thought that it was just, it ended how it kind of was supposed to end. I don't know what it could have done for me to give it a better ending, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is always going to be like a 7.5 or an 8. Yeah. So I gave it a 7.5. Um, it, I'm happy for Lars and Margot. Um, totally. You may... You may think, oh, they just agreed to go for a walk. That's not very big. But that's huge um, yeah. for Lars um, and the relationship because basically he killed off Bianca for Margot mm-hmm. without him probably really even realizing it. Yeah. My score to 10. Um, I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. This is your. Your my score overall t- score? My overall oh, okay. score. Oh, okay, okay. Just to get it, just to get it out of the way so that we can just end this on a feel-good Jesse moment. Feel-good Jesse moment. Well, that's what I mean. Um, I will leave you. I have nothing further to say uh, about why it's 7.5 out of 10. Okay. But I will leave you with my one bit of trivia for the movie. Okay, hit me with it. To help Ryan Gosling stay in character, Bianca was treated like an actual human. She was oh. dressed privately in her own trailer and was only present for scenes she was in. Oh, interesting. She also had a bunch of different faces. I don't know if you noticed, but like the first face she started was very heavily makeed up, make makeuped. Uh-huh. A lot of makeup on her face. And then towards the end she was looking a little more green as she was sicker. Oh, I did not notice that. Maybe on the second watch. I'm sure this will be a film I'll watch again. 7.5 out of 10. Fair enough. Now, and I'm not mad at that score. I think that's a that's a totally fair score. And so I don't want to 
I feel like I'm overanalyzing this film. Maybe, maybe I'm not, or I'm like, I'm giving into my own bias because I like the film and then I'm like trying to hype myself up. So I don't want to like pretend like I'm like this. I don't want to overanalyze it, I guess, but I do love the movie. So I don't want to say too, too much at the end here because I feel like I've just been going on and on and on. It's probably getting a little tiresome. So my square out of 10 is a 9.5. It was almost a perfect movie, in my opinion. The only thing, I mean, the only reason it didn't get a 10 probably was Gus's character. And just, I, I think he wasn't written, it could have been written a, a little different. But it was just like a, a super well-executed feel-good movie that had its comedic moments, its very relatable moments when it comes to social interactions and light, the awkwardness of life. And also the serious tones uh, dealing with death and um, perhaps mental illness to some extent. So all that together made for this fantastic film, Nine and a Half. So that's the best movie you've seen on the podcast. Yes. Who would have thought? Who would have thunk it? I appreciate you picking that one. When I mentioned it to Greg at my work, he was excited that I was watching this because he himself really enjoyed this film. You need to get Greg on here. Well, I it's been tossed around as an idea, as like a special guest, which I'm sure it will happen at one point. It's much easier now, I think, the way we're doing it. Totally. Just add one more person and uh, we're off to the races. Okay, well, that was Lars and the Real Girl, uh, 2007, episode 22. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's let's hear what's what we got in store for uh, the next movie. Well, I'll keep it a secret for the most part, but I'll give one hint. And it was actually came up in a conversation at my work. Uh, Greg was not involved in this conversation. And it was one of my coworkers was saying, you know, I watched a film last night and it had a character in it who played themselves. And he's like, you know, I haven't really, there's not too many films that have done that. And I was thinking the one I thought of was um, this is the end, you know, that comedy mm-hmm. with like Jay Baruchel and Seth Rogen. I was like, well, yeah. all the people in that film played themselves. And he, and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. But that was not the film that he was talking about. And the film he was talking about is the film that I have chosen. Was that the film he was talking about? There's like a new film with... Um, Nicolas Cage. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, that one looks real good. Um, I think that's what he saw. And then I... The weight of massive talent. That's the one. And then I brought up the film... Because I have heard of this film that we're going to be watching for next week's episode many, many times, and I've on I swear I've caught maybe five minutes of it on cable once, but I have not seen the whole thing. And I know it's a bit of a a mind bender, if you will, and so that's what I've chosen. Now I'm really good at finding like those ninety minute movies. Oh, how long I is the movie looked- I picked? But I think that this movie is probably... It just seems like it's going to be long. Uh, I mean, it's less than two hours. Okay. Um, well, great. I look forward to it. This is a movie that um, I've, I've always wanted to see because it seems 
seems pretty nutty. Mm-hmm. It's also also nominated for a best original screenplay. So two best original screenplays I can in a row. Imagine, and it has somebody that has been in two people that have been in a, the same film when we've watched on this podcast. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that's crazy. Not even intentional. And they're both like lead people in this film that we watched and going to be in the film that we're going to watch. So it's all very exciting. I'm excited. Can't you tell by the tone of my voice? I'm just surprised that you gave this movie the best score you could really possibly give it. Oh, so good. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just surprised that this was the movie. Because it, it wasn't like a movie that was so hyped up like, oh, like the Batman, like a movie that right. a lot of people probably have heard of. Right. Um, and when I suggested it, it was like, let's make Jesse watch a movie about a sex doll. Mm-hmm. But to be, for, to be fair, Bianca um, came with, with no reproductive parts. Right. She was like a Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's the other thing about this film. Is like on the surface, it like I like I said you, when explaining this, say to your friends, "Oh, it's a guy who falls in love with a sex doll," and you'll be like, "Oh, well, that doesn't sound, you know, it sounds like maybe it could be funny." But and that's why I loved it so much because it delivered on so many different levels. It wasn't just that, you know. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, uh, anything else you wanna? throw out there before we wrap it up and move on to the next one um i don't think so i mean we've hit all the segments haven't we there were a lot more segments than normal yes as we're evolving this podcast every day but uh we're just trying to see what what works yeah and and once this uh this airs and it, and it makes it on Instagram. Maybe we can make back some of the followers we've been losing over the last two weeks. I mean, we hit 600. Um, now I believe we're at uh, 599. Mm-hmm. It fluctuates. We get like two a day and lose two, two a day. It's, it's kind of like yeah, that. That's okay. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I'm not as, I like to be active on the Instagram when we make new posts. And so when we make a new post, we get an influx of um, interaction. And then it, I let it sort of settle a, a little. Um, you know, I'd be happy um, if it was just you, me, and Lisa underscore the, the underscore Impala as our, our three followers. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm super grateful for Lisa the Impala's uh, support. And um, I, I hope we get more car followers in the future. Maybe, like, what kind of car would you want following us? If you could pick one. A Ford Focus. A Ford Focus, yeah, that's a good choice. I'd probably pick, like, a, a Mini Cooper. Okay. Okay. <sighs> well, on that note, I guess it's time to, to wrap, to wrap, to stop talking. Yep, we should just... Stop it. Okay. Uh, see, uh, I'll see you later. Goodbye. Okay, bye-bye. Okay,